Hello, and welcome to Love in the Time of Everyone, a podcast which explores the ways that relationships have changed over the past few generations. I'm your host, M. Diekman. For this week's episode, I spoke to a woman named Donna Steinware. Donna is actually a friend of my grandmother's. My grandma used to babysit Donna's kids, and Donna used to babysit my mom. So I had heard bits and pieces of Donna's story before. In the last episode, I interviewed young married couples about the choice to make a lifelong commitment at a young age, and it reminded me of this friend my grandma used to talk about. I met up with Donna in a cafe to get her story firsthand. Okay, yeah, well, you know, I was in high school, and uh, when... When I was uh, 15 and a half, I got a job in uh, a, I got a job in a uh, drugstore, a drugstore in West Covina, and this would have been like uh, 1955. And uh, the drugstore, of course, had a lunch counter where we made hamburgers, hot dogs, sandwiches. Hot Fudge Sundays, Cokes. And this was in a little shopping center. And there was the drugstore, there was a bakery, and then there was a market. Okay, the so people in the market would come up to the drugstore on their lunch hour to eat or on their break for coffee. And this nice man, I thought he, you know, I mean, I knew he was older than me because he was out of high school. So, I mean, this, but he would come every day and eat. And we would always talk, and he would come every day and eat, and we would talk. And finally, after a couple of months of this, about three or four months, one day he said, Hey, would you like to go to Knott's Berry Farm a week from Monday? Whoa. Yes, I would. <laughs> of course. And I thought, Oh, i got to ask my parents, though. But I was cool, you know. Oh, sure, I will. Yes. I was... I had just turned 16. Um, I remember these these things like yesterday. Actually, on the day he said, can you go to Knott's Berry Farm in two, a week from Monday, that particular day that he was talking to me was actually my birthday. But at work, nobody knew that. You know. Aww. Okay, so I had turned 16 that day. So I was like 16 in a week when we went to Knott's Berry Farm. How old was he? Uh, he was four years older than me, so okay. he was 20. Even though she kept her cool about it at the time that he asked her, she still had to ask her parents if she could go out with this dashing older man. When she told them that he had asked her to go to Knott's Berry Farm, naturally they wanted to meet him first. And I was okay, fine. So I said to him, you know, could you come over to my house so my parents can meet you? And he said, oh, sure. Well, I only knew his first name. His first name was Jack, by the way. Okay, and I was embarrassed to ask him his last name. <laughs> I mean, you know how we're here today. Right, yeah. Everything I, embarrasses you. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, his mother also his mother also worked in the market. She was a checker there. So she would come in on her break. So finally, I got really brave when she came in, and I said, uh, Mary, what's your last name? His mom was totally nice about it, and even though she was still embarrassed, Donna was able to move forward with that off her chest. She took Jack home to meet her parents, and they gave her the okay to go on the date. She just had to be back by 7 o'clock. Uh, anyway, then uh, a week later, he asked me if I'd like to go out again, 
And this time he said, would you like to go to Disneyland? Oh, well, sure. Well, number one, because I, you know, I never read the paper or anything. I didn't know anything about Disneyland. Disneyland? What is that? But sure, I'll go. At first, I had to laugh at Donna a little bit for living in Southern California and not knowing anything about Disneyland. Then she reminded me it was 1955, and Disneyland was just opening that summer. The rides and attractions weren't even all open yet. So we went to Disneyland, and some of the parts of it weren't open yet, but we went, it was like August 1st, August 1st or 5th. I think it cost them something like $5 to get in. (laughs) From there, their summer romance just progressed. They went to the beach, and Donna got really sunburned because she was trying to be cool by not wearing sunblock. But when the summer ended and Donna had to go back to school, their relationship continued. His days off were like during the week. Mm. So like Monday, Tuesday, something like that. So if we were going to go out, it had to be on a Monday or a (laughs) Tuesday. And so my parents would let me go out. But I had to... um, you know, I had to have dinner at home. I had to do my homework. So I couldn't get out of the house before like 7 o'clock. Then I had to be, because it was a school night, I had to be back in at 9.30. Okay. You know, it's like, we're out, we're back. <laughs> she said they didn't really do much, but a lot of the times they just go to his parents' house because they were a lot more laid back than her parents. They didn't have a lot of time together, but they didn't really need much. So, so you know, we're... We're falling more and more in love. And then at Christmas, the year, okay, 16, at Christmas, for Christmas he gave me an engagement ring. How long were you dating? When Since he... July. Oh. <laughs> July to December, what is it, five months? <laughs> Did that Was that fast for the time, or like was that pretty uh, normal? I don't know. It, you know, none of my other friends were engaged yet. Well, I mean, you were, you were 16. You know, I was, so I, this was my junior year in high school now, you know. And so, anyway, uh, and my parents accepted the fact that, you know, okay, I could have the engagement ring. I still had to be home at 9.30. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I was going to school, and I was working, and he was working, and, you know, your fiance. We kept, by the time summer was coming, and we're thinking like, oh, man, we really want to get married. And I'm going, please, let us get married. You know, if we get married, I'll finish school. And my parents are going, no way. You know, absolutely not. Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, common sense. You know, one day we decided, okay. We were out on a Monday night. The next day was Tuesday. He was off. He said, okay, I'll talk to your dad. You talk to your mother. And let's hope they don't kill us both. (laughs) Because my parents were really, really strict. And also you were only 16. Well, that too. (laughs) But, I mean, come on. You know, at 16, you think you're the most grown-up thing in the world. I mean, and, and now, now I, I mean, I would look at it differently. But uh, anyway, so he told my father, and I had my mother, and I said uh, to my mother, I said, well, Jack's going to ask Dad if he'll let us get married. And she said, what? I said, Mom, 
I'm two weeks late. What? <laughs> but you weren't. No. <laughs> okay, just to be clear, Donna told her mother that she and Jack had to get married because they were pregnant. And they were definitely not pregnant. But here now, here's the really funny part. All right, now, you could get married. We were told you could get married, like in Las Vegas. I, by now, I've turned 17. Okay, I've had okay. my 17th birthday. We're in the first... This is the beginning of September. So I was 17 in July, and like I said, this is the beginning of September. All right, so we want to get it done before school starts. Anyway, um, so somebody had told us, well, if you have a notarized letter from your parents stating that they give permission for you to get married, you can get married in Las Vegas, even though you're only 17. All right. So my parents, they were really grumbling. They were furious. But we go someplace. They write out a letter. It's notarized. We get it. Okay. We get our stuff. I get my stuff together. And uh, so we're going to drive that night to Las Vegas. And we go by and tell his parents. And his mom's like, hip, hip, hooray. My parents are getting out the gun. (laughs) Anyway. So off we go, driving, driving, driving. How long was it from when you told your parents to when you left for Vegas? About four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe five at the most. That was fast. You're no sense sticking around for supper. <laughs> it was going to be an awkward meal. <laughs> so they start heading to Vegas. But even with all of the pre-wedding excitement and young love and parental deception, the road to Vegas is a notoriously boring one. Anyway, after a while, I'm going like a little kid. How much farther? Are we almost there? Jack, are we almost there? He'd say, no, not yet. He said, you'll know. You'll know when we're almost there, he said, because you'll see all these lights. I mean, you know, he'd been, I hadn't. You'll see a lot of lights in the distance, and it'll get bigger as we get closer. Oh, okay. And we're driving, driving, driving. We're in the middle of the desert in the middle of the night. And uh, anyway, all of a sudden, he says, Whoa, Donna, look. See those lights? That's the outskirts of Vegas. We're, We're almost there. I'm going, Oh, good. And I'm watching these lights, and the lights are getting closer faster. Well, then a big rig truck went by all lit up. I said, Jack, Las Vegas just went by. <laughs> but finally, finally we get there. All right, now, here you got your, you know, your two hicks from West Covina, all right? We got our letter. We're all proud. We're old. And, We're all grown up. Uh, so anyway, we're driving around, and you see all these little places, and they got signs up. Get married here. Open 24 hours. 24 hours. You know, all right. We do everything. So we pulled up and parked in front of one, and we go up, and it's locked up, and we're knocking on the door and knocking on the door. And this woman comes and opens the door. And she's, you know, she was like, looked like Ethel from uh, I Love Lucy (laughs) in her chenille robe, and her hair was in rollers. And we said, well, we want to get married. She said, oh, okay, come on in. So she starts down, and she starts filling out papers, my name, his name, and all this. She said, could I have your marriage license? License? What license? She looked at us. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. You don't have a license? 
We didn't know you had to have a license. <laughs> he knew everything except for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, she was like, okay, go over to the city hall and get a license. And then she looked at me and she said, how old are you anyway? And I said, I'm 17. <laughs> uh, actually, a little over 17. And she said, you know, I don't think they're going to give you a license. Anyway, I said, well, we have a, a notarized letter from my parents. She said, take it over there, but I don't think it's going to work. Well, Jack's like turning white from fear. Oh, my God, what are we going to tell your dad and your mom now if this doesn't work? Because you're not even pregnant. <laughs> so off we go to the city hall, you know, 3.30 in the morning. And they will not give us a marriage license. There is no way. Because you're 17. Right. So one kind person did say, go to Kingman, Arizona. If you ever have a chance, it'll be in Kingman, Arizona. Okay. So by 4 o'clock in the morning, we're back in that car headed for Kingman, Arizona. And uh, we got to Kingman, Arizona. And... Found, and then that was like a little two or three building place. Uh, you know, I remember the city hall looked like it came out of, um, it must have been built in 1920, or, you know, something like that, okay. And the courthouse. So we go in the city hall, and there's this little old lady at the window. She looked like she was 200 years old. <laughs> She's probably younger than I am now, but anyway, so she said, oh, of course, sweetheart. Sure, we'll g I'll give you a marriage license. Give me your letter. And so then we're giving her our address. She said, and Jack was from Baldwin Park. Baldwin Park, she said, I lived in Baldwin Park for 50 years. Aww. You know, it was all sweet. But we got the license. Then we went over to the courthouse. And somebody talked to the judge, and they came back out, and they said, okay, uh, he's doing a coroner's inquest right now, but as soon as it recesses, he'll come out and marry you. Whoa. So pretty soon, here comes the judge out, and he said, are you two? And we're the only ones there. Okay. <laughs> yes. yes. So then he gets two of the highway patrolmen. He said, you two guys want to come over and witness this? One can be, you know, so like... Best man in groups, highway patrolman. <laughs> How romantic. <laughs> really. So they did. We got married. They signed the papers, and it was good. Uh, okay, so then, okay, so then we start heading back, heading back across the desert, and we're driving and driving and driving. And, you know, it's September. It's hot. Cars don't have air conditioning then. You know. But you have your love. So. Oh, <laughs> so you know, you cool. I mean, uh, we were madly in love, yes. So now all I can think about, though, is, wow, I can't wait to get back and tell everybody we're married. And he's thinking, wow, I don't think we can make it all the way back. We're probably going to have to get a motel and stay and go back tomorrow. I said, no, we can make it. We can make it. We can make it. <laughs> He's been driving all night, right? <laughs> anyway, um, so I'm trying to think when we finally called my parents. We called my parents probably about 
six o'clock. We weren't back in in their area yet. Um, but we did call them, and like I said, it was probably about six o'clock that afternoon. And so we told them, you know, well, we hadn't gotten mar married in Las Vegas, and I think mom was on. I forget whether my mom or my dad had answered the phone. And I, they're going, you didn't get married in Las Vegas. And I could hear in the background, well, they better be married. I said, we're married. We're married. We got married in Arizona, you know, so. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, they were, you know, that was fine. And I, we called his parents, and his mom was all excited, and she said, I'm making tacos. You've got to come home. I'm making tacos. <laughs> Your reception. <laughs> anyway. It took forever, but we did get there. We got there that day. We had tacos in the middle of the night there. And then we stayed with them until we rented. Uh, we stayed with them a couple of weeks, and we rented a little house on Badillo Avenue. So 10 months after we got married September 13th, 10 months later on July 8th, I had a nice baby boy. <laughs> So, when my grandma used to tell me this story, two questions had always stuck out to me. First, why didn't Donna and Jack just wait until she finished high school to get married? But, as Donna already reminded us, when you're 17 and in love, you know everything. The other question occurred to me once I was a little bit older. So, you, you lied about being pregnant. Right. Did you consider just actually getting pregnant? So that, like, why didn't you just actually get pregnant? Oh, well, we so, knew once we got married, we'd work on getting pregnant. Oh, but you, you wanted to wait till oh, you were married? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, if, you know, it was, it was uh, we were kind of torn in the fact that we both were, in a lot of ways, very conventional. Okay. And... Um, the idea of somebody being pregnant before they were married was, my parents acted like, you know, that's the worst thing that could happen. My mother and father-in-law were, hey, kids are kids. They're in love. These things happen. You get them married. You get them started, you know. Send them out. <laughs> and, you know, plan on babysitting. So, Okay. Uh, so you yeah. didn't care if people thought you got pregnant before well, you were married, actually, but you didn't actually want to be. You know. Actually, I mean, my parents were the only ones, you know, then later I told my girlfriends that, you know, but, but, I mean, my parents didn't tell anybody that we said we were pregnant. Huh. Oh, Lord, that there. was, you know, no, that would have been the shock of the world. Funnily enough, when Donna's mom was much older, she was trying to collect records about her own mom, Donna's grandmother. Donna's mom called New York to see if they could send her a copy of her parents' marriage license from December 1915. She was positive that this was the year they got married because she was born in April of 1917. When they sent her a marriage license for December 1916, her mom said it couldn't possibly be right because that would mean she was born only four months after her parents got married. But it was true. Abominations were presenting themselves to Donna's mother from every side. My mother was so horrified. I mean, by this time, when she finds us out, she's like in her 70s, and she says, I can't believe it. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, back to Jack and Donna. They ended up having two more children together. 
Her third and final child was born right before her 21st birthday, which was kind of unfathomable to me, but is besides the point. Okay. Um, uh, John first, and then Linda, and then Ken. And Jack and I got married September 13th, 1956, and we separated uh, April... Uh, April 1977. Wow. So we were married like 21 and a half years. That's a long time. I yeah. mean, that's longer than a lot of marriages last. Oh, yeah. Oh, believe me. Yeah. It's longer than some people live. <laughs> <laughs> that's like as long, old as I am. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we were married that long. And, and it was no big, you know, like major thing. We had, over the years, drifted apart. We're in the same house. We've got the kids. He had a life. I had a life. And there was no way, as time was going on, that we could make this together. And, and we both agreed we would be happier going our own way. So the ultra-intense romance of their youth didn't last forever. But like I said, it lasted a lot longer than a lot of the marriages I've heard of. I mentioned to Donna that my grandma got married fairly young. Though 20 wasn't really so young for the time. I mean, compared to Donna, my grandma was an old maid when she got married and asked Donna if she would have done anything differently today. She had lots of advice for me regarding that. That's right. So, you know, um, it's hard to say what will make it perfect, but my advice to everybody is, wait, get married. Wait, don't get married too young. Finish your education. You know, it's always, well, I'll go to school after. I'll go to college after. It's too hard. Finish your education, date a while, and I'm all for couple counseling. I do not care whether you're religious or not, whether who you go to, but get couple counseling before you get married. I think, I think it's a really good. important thing. Um, and then be married a couple of years before you start your family, so you have some living time together. I think that's you know. Um, my third child was born two months before I turned 21. Oh, my gosh. I, I know. I mean, this is a teenager raising kids. Yeah, you know? I can't imagine. And I, and I love them. But, you know, it's a miracle. They're normal, sane people. They're people I really enjoy. Uh, Good job. I don't... I, I, I'm a better grandmother than I probably was mother. My kids deserved a mother that knew more than me. My kids say, hey, you were a great mom. Good job. We're happy. But I can look back and see um, it would be better. It, would, it could have been better. Because you were just a kid, really. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm still just a kid. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, like with my daughter getting married at 20, they waited 10 years before they had their first child. Oh, wow. Because they wanted time to travel. Good for them. They never left the country, but they liked backpacking. They liked running around. And by running around, I don't mean like drinking nightclubs. They liked <laughs> backpacking. They liked exploring. They liked That's sightseeing. Awesome. They liked bike riding. So they had 10 years of just, just them. them. And they have been the ideal parents. Because they, yeah. really. Uh, my son that got married at 32, they had their first one. Two years later, he was 34. They had the second one six years later, you know. So, you know, you can't really, you can't really tell. But, again, your grandma's a wise woman. I think so. You wait. Yeah, I agree. And my only thing I would add is, is always get couple counseling. 
Even though she had all of this advice, Donna emphasized that you never really know. Her daughter got married when she was 20 years old and has been married for 38 years. Donna said they're still best friends. They're their own people, but they like to do all sorts of things together and they just build each other up. On the other hand, her son waited until he was 32 to get married. They got married in the church, they had couples counseling, they both had established careers, but they were the ones who ended up getting a divorce. Donna summed it up pretty well. So I think waiting is good, but sometimes it doesn't make it perfect. But once again, let's get back to Jack and Donna. <laughs> uh, and everybody was surprised when we split up. Huh. They're like, you know, they were just shocked. But so I guess it looked good to everybody else. But, you know, only <laughs> you know I mean. inside whether or not you're really uh, happy. And one thing he and I decided we each knew things that we couldn't um uh, couldn't reconcile okay but the fact was we would never discuss any of the problems uh that we had or things we didn't like with anybody and people will say well what made you get a divorce i said you know i don't talk about it well you could tell me no we don't talk about it i thought this was incredibly relevant to the way that people navigate relationships today I mean, there are so many couples that I see on social media who look really happy, and I'm shocked when they break up. I mean, I've known couples who have their own hashtag, and post pictures from cute photo shoots right up until the day they break up. Like Donna said, whether social media is involved or not, it just goes to show that you never know. Anyway, after she and Jack split up, she went back on the dating scene. It turned out that some of the things that embarrass you when you're 15 never change. And then, so, and then after your first marriage ended, I mean, you hadn't... You hadn't dated anyone since you were 15 and a half. So right. what was that like? What was that like going back and... Um, Nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> what do I say? Uh, how do I act? Um, you know, it was just like uh, starting over. You're embarrassed to say, oh, excuse me, I have to go to the restroom. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to say that. <laughs> um, it's embarrassing to see somebody see me chew. I can remember my sister saying... I don't want to chew food. I only, like, don't want to eat in front of people. <laughs> um, it was just the same as starting over. You're just unsure, unsure. But she and Jack both found some luck eventually. Or, in Donna's case, I don't know if you could call it luck. Are you ready for this? About two years after we separated... A year and a half, maybe, to two years after we separated, Jack became involved with a woman that he's still with. Oh. Okay. Uh, three years after we separated, I got married. And uh, six and a half years after my that marriage, my husband died. Sorry. Two years later, I got married. Okay. Okay. Uh, was it, let's see, we got married, 88. Uh, 17 years after that, my husband died. What? <laughs> and so... Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, then about a year after that, I started dating a man I met in the gym, in the pool at 5 o'clock in the morning. And so we started going together. It was a lot of fun. We never had any intention of ever living together or marrying. It was just... Was, uh, Fun. Fun, yeah. So we were together seven years when he died. And so 
Tana. <laughs> so now I am going in another relationship. I've been in another relationship about five or six months, and uh, I'm hoping he lives for a while. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> really. So you know. Even though my grandma had told me this already, you can still hear in the recording that I'm having a hard time believing and processing this. But you can also hear in the recording that Donna has a relentlessly good attitude. I was impressed, to say the least. The guy she's in a relationship with now is actually the widower of a friend of hers. See, there was this big group of girls that my grandma and Donna were close with in 7th grade, and they used to have a reunion with their 7th grade teacher every year. So Donna has known this guy Ray for a long time because he was married to one of her close friends since seventh grade and she'd see him at the reunions. Both Ray and Donna took care of their six spouses for the last few years of their lives, though it was at different times. So they had that in common. But lost spouses are far from the cornerstone of their relationship. Just listen to the happiness exuding out of Donna when she talks about him. Starting in... February, we started talking on the phone every day, morning and night. Okay, I mean, do I have <laughs> in my mind? But I, in February, I went back east to visit my daughter and granddaughters and, and stuff. So I was going to be gone for a month. And he said, you know, it's going to be a long month, and uh, you'll pro- I probably just won't hear from you. I said, I'll call you once in a while. Well, it ended up I called. I called, he called. We talked at least twice a day. <laughs> Donna says she must sound like a teenager, but it just made me really happy for her. This Valentine's Day came during February, and my daughter and my son-in-law and I were out shopping, and we come home, and on her front step is this bouquet of a dozen red roses. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, wow, Linda. And she got the card out. She says, wow, Mom. <laughs> So that was, so she took a picture, you know, with the roses, and she said, you know, you have to call him and say thank you. I said, yeah, I will. I just, uh, it had been a long time since somebody had sent me roses. If that hadn't been any of my previous several relationships, that hadn't been the style. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, you know. It doesn't matter how things go. You have your ups and downs in life. And for every down, there's a farther up. That's awesome. Yeah, and it doesn't mean no matter how old you get, you can always have fun. That's what I wanted to ask. I feel like you said you kind of feel like a teenager, but it's like you get the feelings of a teenager, but you have the, all the knowledge of an experience. Right, of someone. right. So do you feel like each relationship you've had, you've been able, you have more experience and maturity, so you can handle things a little Right, you can make... Better? Good decisions. You learn from your mistakes. Yeah, you know. um, It's like the fact that we see each other once a week. Okay. Well, sometimes that week seems long. Okay. But during that week, he has things to do, I have things to do, and by the time that day comes along that we're going to go out, we're both really looking forward to it. (laughs) It's like, oh, it's been such a long week. Not like, huh. I wish I had some free time to myself, you yeah. know, so. Talking to Donna left me feeling reassured and in an all-around good mood for several reasons. It was really nice to hear that young love can last a pretty long time, and that even when things end, they can be amicable. 
Sometimes, the ending of a marriage or a long-term relationship doesn't have to mean no longer enjoying the memories or no longer respecting the other person. Not only that, but losing someone you love doesn't have to mean the end of the world or of your happiness. Of course, not everyone has the same capacity as Donna to love so deeply and fearlessly. But that brings me to the parts of her story which left me feeling the most inspired. First of all, Donna herself said that her ability to navigate relationships improved as she got older. Practice makes perfect, as they say. Second of all, Donna seems to me like a practical poster child for the values of resilience and independence. Though I don't know the inner workings of her mind as well as she does herself, she lives her life as though she is unafraid of both love and loss. Relationships, whether it was her marriage in high school, her long-term boyfriend, or her relationship with Ray, all phone calls and flowers, really seem to have enriched Donna's life. But Donna's purpose or happiness never seems to have depended on anyone besides herself. She's made it through the loss of so many people she loves, and then picked herself back up and found the courage to go love and live some more. To me, the ability to remain a complete and strong person, whether you're in or out of a relationship, is a truly admirable quality. But to Donna, it's just no big deal. As she put it, simply and sweetly. You know, so... I don't know. Life has its ups and downs and turns around, you Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Love in Time of Everyone. Special thanks to local kindergartner for the theme music, Jeff Gardner for the podcast art and audio crash course, Jim Lawson for the technical tips, and to my grandma for getting me in touch with this week's guest. I leave you this week with some wise words from Maya Angelou. Love recognizes no barriers. It jumps hurdles, leaps fences, penetrates walls to arrive at its destination full of hope.